Hello and welcome to Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice. I'm Mairead Painter and today I'm joining you and want to talk a little bit about legislative session. So here in Connecticut, we are in session right now, which is one of the reasons why things got so busy last week and I wasn't able to do our normal podcast. So thanks for giving me a week to catch up. You know, it is a short, short session this year, so we will be closing session out on March, or sorry, May 4th. So we'll be closing session out on May 4th this year. And there's a lot going on related to long-term care. This isn't only important here in Connecticut, but this is something that I wanna make sure that people across the country understand. Our legislative representatives are working to really change and benefit all of you. If they don't understand how the laws that they're passing impact you and hear your direct stories, they're not gonna know whether or not the ideas that people put out to them and what's being moved forward is really going to work for the individuals that it's supposed to serve. So I think it's incredibly important that people take the opportunity to testify on bills, to really get an understanding about how those bills may impact them and that they are a part of the process. So our legislature here in Connecticut um, last year passed a bill that allows individuals to testify remotely. This is going to be a huge game changer for individuals in long-term care communities, as well as their family members. You might ask why, like, what does that, what does that matter? Why does it matter that now I can testify remotely? Well, having that ability to log on and testify and not have to drive to Hartford for individuals who are coming from a long-term care community, many times they would have to um, find transportation or a wheelchair van, and then you would sit a long time waiting um, to testify, and that might be physically challenging uh, for them. So now they can register, log on, and wait remotely to be called on to testify. We've also heard that this can be a little bit overwhelming for people to understand how to do that and the process. So here, um, the bills are posted. There's a date for a public hearing that's posted. You'll see that three days in advance. You can go on, read the bill, and then sort of develop what your statement about that bill is gonna be. Once you've developed that, you can either submit it in writing and or testify verbally. So then you register and they'll call on you and you present your feelings about the bill to the members of the committee. And there's different committees. Um, for long-term care, the committees that we watch most closely, I would say are the aging committee, human services committee, and the public health committee. So those are the committees that I would go to the CGA website, click on those committees, and then click on the public um, hearings, read the bills, see if any of them strike you in a way where you feel that your individual story or experience would be important for them to understand how that bill might impact or improve your quality of life in your day-to-day. -day. We have several bills this session um, that we're focusing on, one in particular related to the expansion of the long-term care ombudsman program and our office to include individuals on home care. So long-term services and supports outside of a long-term care setting. This would be an, a big change for us, but I think, I think it's a move in the right direction 
Um, many individuals call us if they've um, been discharged from a nursing home or if they're in the community and have questions or concerns about their rights, about care and services. And unfortunately, at this time, we're not able to offer them support or open a case because they're not in a long-term care community, even though they are receiving long-term services and supports. So this will allow us to support all people. Um, and that's something that I feel is really important as more individuals are choosing to receive their long-term services and supports in the least restrictive setting. So if that's something that you feel strongly about, that would be something that you could sign up to testify on. I believe that bill um, is moving forward on Tuesday of this week, the first. So you would log on and start that process. Now we've worked to make this a little bit easier for people to understand. If you go to the Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program webpage, and there's a couple of ways you can get there, you can either Google it, or you can go to portal.ct.gov forward slash LTCOP. So that's LTCOP. Once you get to that page, we have a list of areas of concentration where you can get more information. And one of them is the Advocacy Center. Under the Advocacy Center, you can go on and learn step-by-step -step, um, how this process takes place and what it'll look like for 2022. We do try to keep this area updated with important bills, um, what we see coming and um, encourage people to reach out to the legislature and make sure that they're heard on different areas of concern. Key committees are also directly linked on this page, as well as the agendas for um, upcoming hearings. Feel free to click there. Um, and it also talks about how to make a bill tracker. So if you want to track some bills, you want to see, you know, where they go and how they move forward. If they're moving to the next committee, you can build that yourself and watch them it makes it a little bit easier. And then it also tells you how to find your representatives and you can click on the sheet and it'll lead you right to them. It'll walk you through how to sign up to testify and bills that were passed last session that were important that we've seen move forward. So it gives people really one package, one stop shop to um, look at long term care advocacy. Now, I'm not sure in other states how this is set up, but I would say that it's important for all individuals to be really active and promoting what they feel is important and impacts them. We want to make sure that policies are made with people and not for people because we don't always know, right? I might have a great idea that I think would really support individuals. And when I talk to them about it or when we move the idea forward, we might get feedback that I didn't know or I didn't understand. And so then we can help shape the legislation to ensure that it doesn't have any um, negative outcomes for people. And that's really important. We want to make sure that the legislation that we're uh, promoting helps the majority of people. We know sometimes there are people that don't agree or don't want things to move forward in a certain way. For the majority of people that it's helpful. And sometimes we're able to partner with other groups. So with AARP, um, sometimes we partner with um, the unions if it's something that's really going to help everyone. For example, one of the bills this session through aging looks at temporary nurses. So 
what you would call a pool agency working in a long-term care center and registering, right? Having them register, make sure that the staff that are going in from an outside agency are trained and that there's accountability when they're working with individuals um, within the nursing home or other long-term care settings. We also want to know what the pay rate is to ensure that nursing homes are able to appropriately engage with these companies and um, have enough care providers to meet the needs of residents. Let's see other bills this session um, related to what is commonly referred to as an assisted living community. So here um, they're actually called managed residential communities. And what we saw during the pandemic and since then are sort of fees or other types of changes to care plans um, and contracts that have greatly increased the fees to individuals or the rents. And so we did ask to have a bill proposed to help um, monitor that and cap it in certain ways, allowing for it, but a lot making sure that it ensures that the individuals are fully informed, that they know what the fees are for, that they receive the appropriate services for those fees, and that they can't have enormous fees. So we saw one in particular where it was over 40% increase in the rent. And we worked to get that lowered for everyone in that community because that was going to be just too much for some individuals to be able to take on and they would have had to move. And we didn't feel it was reasonable. So looking at how do we put those safeguards in place to ensure that people, when they make the decision to move into one of these communities, are fully informed, understand what price increases may happen, and then how to plan for those, ensuring that they have the ability to stay in the least restrictive environment or the environment of their choosing for as long as possible. Um, those are some of the key bills we're looking at, um, but I would say for all of them, again, please sign on to the CGA website. Um, you'll see there's things related to staying in the community, right? So having the ability to maybe have an individual that um, has a spouse in a long-term care community, for them to be able to retain a little bit more money. Um, if the individual in the nursing home is on Medicaid, that the spouse in the community might need a little bit more money in order to uh, live in the community and could they pass that to make that accessible to them? Increasing criminal penalties for abuse, abandonment, financial exploitation um, of individuals who are older adults or have a disability or maybe are conserved in the community. So the registration, yeah, registration of um, temporary nurse service agencies. So those are the pool agencies that go in. Um, oh, and electronically report. So we have asked for a bill that would require um, nursing homes and actually residential care homes who don't are not required right now to report involuntary transfers and discharges to my office, but nursing homes are. Right now that's sent to us sometimes on paper or fax, sometimes it's electronically through a secure email, and it's really hard. We're not able to collect data from that in order to look at where there's gaps in the system. Um, it takes a little bit longer and we wanna be able to better support people because they have a right to appeal that and to ensure that they have services in place. So we're asking that those now be put in through a portal and through that portal, we'll be able to collect data. So that one um, we think is really important and we really wanna see that move forward. 
Um, another one related to involuntary transfers and discharges says that they couldn't, were promoting or asking that um, long-term care communities not be able to involuntarily discharge um, residents of nursing homes or residential care homes to temporary or unstable housing. So what does that mean? So that means that for individuals who don't have a home, maybe they experienced um, an instance of homelessness prior to going into the hospital, or maybe once they were in the nursing home, they lost their housing, right? They lost that ability to maintain their housing or in the residential care home. And now it's time for them to be discharged, but there isn't a place for them to go to. So we have seen, and there is currently the ability for these settings to be able to discharge people to hotels or homeless shelters. The challenge with that is one, how long can you stay in a hotel, right? If you can't afford housing, you're not going to be able to afford a hotel for long and you'll end up in a shelter or um, on the streets. And if you, especially if you have medical care issues um, or you require home care or um, medication, it's really hard to get those care services either in a shelter or on the street. And so we see those individuals um, sometimes come back into the system very quickly They'll show up back at the emergency room. Um, sometimes their health issues have increased to a point where now they have a higher care need, right? So something happens to them uh, because of an unmet need. Let's say the individual um, maybe has diabetes. And so it's difficult to have those care needs met, or sometimes they have issues with their feet, with having services. And so we might see them coming back into the system with a much higher care need, um, and this isn't, that's not good for anyone. It's not good for the individual. It can be extremely costly in the system where if we're able to pause and find supported, some type of supportive housing option or other type of support when they are discharged to an appropriate discharge location and they receive the care and services that will help them stabilize, there's better outcomes and everyone all around sees those better outcomes. So that's another bill that we're looking at um, next week and there will be a public hearing on. Again, if you have any interest in testifying, go on, um, sign up and um, tell your story. Talk about why it impacts you. You will only have, I would plan on a minute and a half of talking um, because sometimes it takes a little longer when, um, when you're there. And the way you introduce yourself, we do line that out for you. Give yourself a minute and a half to two minutes to talk about your story, why you think this should or should not happen. And um, then there'll be an opportunity for uh, members of the committee to ask you questions. I would say just have a good understanding of that. Don't feel put on the spot. It's because they're hoping to understand um, what you're saying and be fully informed. So that's my update today. Thank you for joining me. Um, we hope to continue to hear from you all uh, as we move forward. And we're hearing that things are going much better related to having access to visitors in our long-term care communities. Things are hopefully getting back to a more traditional day-to-day um, -day experience uh, since COVID. And I will be talking to you, we'll be coming back on, we're going to talk a little bit more with the Center for Medicare Advocacy, talking about things that we're going to be doing this year related to a grant that we've received with them to promote residents' rights and um, legal support 
related to Medicare and our long-term care communities. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I look forward to sharing more information with you guys in the days to come. Again, this is Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice, and I'm Marie Painter.